Sports Speak podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Daniels, and uh, it's a little after noon, right, on Saturday, November the 10th, at least where I'm at. You know, I'm talking to a good friend of mine. This brother is overseas someplace. They're like five or six hours ahead of us. Uh, we've been hitting and missing in terms of, you know, hooking up with one another so we can do this podcast. But this brother right here, man, we go back quite a ways. He's got a hell of a story and a journey. Uh, a great basketball player. Plenty of gas in the tank, and he's uh, found a way to make a living doing it. I'm talking about Robert Crawford. Rob, what's the deal, bro? Man, what's going on, AD? How's everything going, my brother? Man, listen, everything is licking and ticking, man. I can't complain about much. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Now, I know it's been a while for us, you know, working, trying to get on the same wavelength, but uh, I just want to, I want to start from the very beginning, because uh, those that know you, they they know that you've been playing ball for quite some time. Um, you, you, you've been dog in, in some aspects and, and kind of overlooked in some aspects, but, uh, you know, caught stride and, and you, you never look back. So take me to the beginning of your athletic career, man. When did that ball start bouncing for you? And, uh, you know, when did you get started being a basketball player? Oh, man, well... It started really uh, at Victory Christian, fourth grade, man. That's when I really, when I, that's when I really got serious. My pops was coaching me. Everybody know Coach Crawford. Um, yeah, man. yeah, legendary. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, it just started there, man. And I just even even from that team, I was just I never they so they had like the um, they probably don't want me telling this story, but. <laughs> they, I feel it. Use your judgment, baby. They had the, hit yeah. They had the um. So they had the fourth grade team, the best guys in the fourth grade. Then they had like the B team and the C team. So the reason my dad started coaching me is because they didn't even p- select us for the A or B team or C team. We was just like a little thrown together team. So I had to play for that team. Wow. I was new to the school. Nobody knew who I was. So I, I just played for a team that they just kind of threw together, and it just it that's when the the underdog career started. Okay, now did your dad volunteer to to take on that role, or or was he was he asked to? You know, how did that how did that work? Did they assemble the rejects, or did they say, well, <laughs> these guys are just gonna float until somebody puts them together? Man, it was kind of just a situation where that we just floated. We just floated. It. You know, my mom came in like they don't have a coach and he didn't make it either one of the teams so he was she was she basically forcing the coach and he said okay you know let's let's get it let's get it going that'll work now, now how was that how was that, that that first year man what what was the experience like playing i mean i was i was taller than everybody so i was getting a lot of blocks out there i was shot blocking like crazy man and i really didn't have any skill yet man i didn't i really couldn't shoot a dribble and nothing like that i was just out at the, out there tall and athletic man long lanky athletic good deal so you you able to maximize your your god-given gifts and make that work for you oh yes sir yes sir now obviously i developed now but it came a long way man no doubt about it now um what, what was the sports was the love of it in you at, at an early age or was it something that that was sort of a learned behavior i guess what i'm really getting at is you know, we see a lot of kids these days who don't really have a choice whether to pursue or not to pursue a sport, you know, because a lot of times you got some parents out there who have played during their days and they and they want to kind of, you know, relive some of their some of their old years through their kids. Like, how did it work for you? Was it something you found on your own or did somebody have to make you love it? Well, yeah, man, I, I grew up watching Kobe. So, I, re- you know, I started playing, like I said, fourth grade, but I didn't know that I loved the game to like sixth grade when I started playing AAU with Coach Rowe in Supreme Court. 
that's yeah, soldiers, that, baby. Yeah, yeah. You remember those days. You remember those days. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 when I realized I loved it when I started playing game after game in the summertime. You know what I'm saying? I started kind of working on my game outside of the practice and with the with the soldiers. So I was like, man, you know, I'm 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 following. I like this, man. Like I like the competition. I like being out here. You know what I'm saying? So that's when I that's when I love. That's when I started really crafting and working on my game. Sixth grade. That's cool. And, and so, you know, so you and I kind of have similar similar beginnings anyway in terms of being one of the taller guys on our ball clubs, which meant that I'm pretty sure. Did, did you have to learn how to be a post player first and then sort of work back to front? You know what I mean? Learn that skill set and then evolve yeah. into, into being able to play the guard position. How was that, man? Yeah, man. You already know how it was. Post player. And like so when I played for my, my when I played for my dad, he used to let me kind of dribble because he used to tell me like, when you when you get older, you're not gonna be playing in the in the post. You're gonna be a you're gonna be a guard. But for everybody else's team, I was always posting up and playing the four or five. But with him, with him, he used to let me get the rebound and push it. He used to let me slide out on the wing a little bit, and like yeah, we post play all all the way up until I want to say my freshman year, my so- freshman sophomore year of high school. Right. That's around about the time some some other guys started to hit their growth spurt, and then you levitate a little bit, and then next thing you know, you get to swing a little bit. Now, was it something that you were were you welcoming were you welcoming to that, or you know, because you seem like a, a, a team oriented guy, like you do whatever the team needs from you. But did it ever get frustrating, sort of being like pigeonholed into being a post player, and that's all? Mm, yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I never was frustrated with it. You know, as obviously as my skill developed. I was able to just transition with no problem. You know what I mean? Like coaches never really like I was and I, plus I grew up at Victory, so they already knew kind of what it was as I was getting older and knew what kind of what position I was gonna play. I'm really more of a wing player. But the right. situation kind of helped me now because now I now I got a lot of post work for you on that block. You know what I'm saying? Because I grew up playing the block and I now I'm trying to transition and kind of just learn more of what it is to bring the ball down the floor and orchestrate offense. Yeah, that's big time. And, and you know, with a guy being what what are you about six six? You yes, sir. Yes, sir. Six six. Yeah, man. Yeah, that that that's a that's a that's that's some versatility right there. That's a problem for some folks. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Especially posting up, man. Absolutely. Now now check this out. You said something that that I sort of for you know I'm not sure if I knew about the fact that you played for Supreme Court in the very beginning. You know, I'm very familiar with their program, just like you are. But one thing I do remember about them, and I think it's still true even to this day, they had um, they had a lot of guys on their team that, that, that were from some, from some rough areas, from some, some tough circumstances. And mm-hmm. a kid like yourself, who, um, who, based on your description, I don't, I don't think you necessarily came up in some of those same areas that those guys did. What was it? What was that experience like getting yourself – uh, ingratiated with guys kind of cut from a different fabric you know was it a yeah. smooth transition or did it take some take some work yeah like that's a great question man like because yeah I grew up suburban you know what I'm saying grew up at predominantly white uh, white school and right. so like get into the AAU stuff like like I said Supreme Court I just my my pops was like a, was, I, I don't I can't remember how it was I think he was a, an assistant coach to coach Rowe or they, they they coached together. So Coach Rowe had the, the seventh grade team. And I my pops was, mm-hmm. I think, was the coach of the sixth grade team. And so my dad used to go like around in North Tulsa and pick those guys up for practice and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's that's kind of how I got cool with them. 
And plus, I like I spent the first part of my life in Memphis, growing up in Memphis, Tennessee anyway. So I was already like accustomed to, you know, some of those things. But right. You know what I'm saying? But that that's how I kind of got into it, man. Like I just got it was just it was just natural because my pops was kind of like a father figure for the guys and and also as being their coach. And so it was just it kind of happened like that. Man, it sounds like you had quite a few experiences at an at an early age, you know, to kind of get you kind of get you more well rounded culturally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I think that's a big thing. Yeah, it, it is, man. Because I was over on one side, I was going to school every day at Victory, and on the weekends, I'm playing AAU with with guys from TSST, man, guys from Central, guys from all over the place, and it's just like, man, like I got the best of both worlds. I can have a conversation with anybody now. That that that's the beauty of it, man. Because I, I think a lot of people miss the point uh, of the AAU experience from you know not just on the court but off the court. You know, you're getting to visit cities and states throughout the country that you might not otherwise get to go to, and you know, just get yourself more culture. That's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Now, here's something I want to throw at you too, because how was it? How was you and your dad's relationship during the time he's coaching you? And the reason why I'm asking that is because in my what I've seen in my little short time being around is like whenever parents are coaching their kids, they seem to be either too hard on them or not hard enough on them. You know, I, right. I don't think there are many parents out there who, who have mastered being able to find that happy medium so that they can, you know, salvage the personal relationship as well. How was it with you and your dad when you were playing for him? I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was tough at times, but at, at the same time, I think my, my dad did a great job as far as like mixing the, the toughness and also teaching. And then on, on the other side of that, giving me, my praise when I needed it, you know what I'm saying? My giving me compliments and giving me that encouragement. It wasn't always just rough, rough, rough all the time. He, it was a balance with him. And I, you know, I think he did a great job with that. That's cool. That's cool. And then, then you, you got to, you got your younger brother who, who's still playing heck of a player. And then man, how was he, how, did you notice him kind of looking up to you or kind of pattern, patterning himself after you um, as you were growing up playing ball? See, the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is, I, I used to always like, because I could dunk in sixth grade and all of this. And when Chris, oh, look at you. When, when, and when my brother was coming up, this is when I kind of realized, okay, he's a different player. I was dunking in sixth grade, but when Chris got to sixth grade, he wasn't dunking in nothing yet, or even seventh or eighth grade. I think eighth grade was his first dunk. But I was always pushing him, like, man, you got to be able to dunk, man. I was doing it this at this age, this age. But then I just started seeing how he's doing things and how – how he moving out here like he's just not he's a different he didn't really he wasn't really ever patterning his game after mine he was a different player he looked up to me but he was just like you know what I'm saying he was he's a he's a different player he wasn't ever he was just different I had to realize that okay I yeah. grew up playing the post he grew up playing point guard his whole life you okay know? so he so he wasn't one of those guys that had an abundance of height then early on yeah yeah he was you know he was he was pretty tall. He was, I mean, he was, he wasn't just short, but he wasn't uh -huh. what I was my freshman year, my eighth grade freshman year. I was six, four. He, he definitely wasn't there. He was probably five, nine, five, ten. So he grew up handling the ball, man. Yeah. So that, that pretty much, basically, I guess what my takeaway from what you just broke down is he wanted the same things, but he just, he just knew that he wasn't going to be able to go and get it the same way that you did. It, exactly. Exactly. He found his own, he kind of found his own niche and how he was going, his own identity, so to speak. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, now, now back to you. We, we, we're going to fast forward a little bit. And um, 
and and take you take us to to the high school stint. Now, during your middle school, your middle school experience, you went you went to Victory Christian, right? The entire time, right? Sixth, seventh, and eighth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so I'm guessing it, it wasn't even a a thought about where you were going to high school, right? No, it wasn't a thought. Okay, so uh, what was the difference in 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 the, in the challenges that basketball presented going from eighth grade into high school? Well, for me, the, the biggest challenge was I wasn't playing for my dad anymore. Because my dad actually mm. coached my dad actually coached me in school ball uh at Victory. But when I transitioned to high school, he wasn't my coach anymore. So that was kind of like, man, my dad not on the sidelines anymore. I and actually it's funny that you bring up how our relationship was because I used to actually look at him, you know, on the sidelines as as far as for just like approval, <laughs> like, is this right mm. or it, that's how you want me to do it. And, it. and when he wasn't there anymore, it was kind of a, you know, like, man, now I got to kind of start thinking on my own. You know what I'm saying? I got to start trying to make plays, just trust what I've learned so far. Man, that's a big deal. Did, did you ever did you ever uh, let him know that, that you would have those type of thoughts and feelings? Whenever, because I'm pretty sure y'all would have some conversations in, in in that car ride on the way home or whatever after those games. Yeah, we never we never really I, that conversation never came up as far as just like how I felt about him on the sidelines. That's kind of something I probably reflected on as I got older. But the conversations in the car would just be like, man, he just tell me just play my game regardless of what's going on, regardless who's coaching, you know, what I'm saying regardless who's on the sidelines, who's in the stands, just play your game. That's some great advice. And, you know, I think I think it's great because, you know, we want to be able to um, we want to have the type of game to where we can play for any coach in any system, you know, no matter no matter who or no matter where. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that was that was a great that was some great gems that he gave gave to you. Now, in your freshman year, were you able to play up or were you just playing freshman and freshman only? Yeah, I actually I actually started on varsity my freshman year. So I was I was I was out there, man. And like. Coach trusted me, you know, and I and I really appreciate the trust he put in me. And I was out there. I wasn't really, I wasn't, I, I wasn't developed yet. I was still out there, just athletic, you know what I'm saying, a role player. But I was out there, so. So it, it sounds like it's still you, you. Athletic ability yet? Yeah, they they hadn't caught up yet, man. I feel that. I feel that now from. I got you. Now, from an ego standpoint, even though you're a humble dude, I, I think, you know, for any teenager having a lot given to them early on, you know, if you don't have somebody to keep your feet on the ground, you know, you can get to thinking that you may be a little better than you are, sort of get the big head a little bit. Did you ever have any have any uh, moments where you kind of caught yourself feeling yourself? No, nah, I wouldn't say that, man. My, my, my dad wouldn't let that happen. He wasn't letting that happen. And and plus, I probably couldn't I probably couldn't <laughs> beat him one on one until he was like 45, 46 years old. So, and that was about, that was about around about my freshman year. So obviously in, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I, I just being able to beat him, he's 45 years old. You know what I'm saying? So I never, he kept me level-headed. Man, that's good. That's good. Now take, take us to your sophomore year, which I think, you know, your sophomore year in high school can, can be, can be a real tricky one and even kind of frustrating, you know, really as a coach, because like you got one year of varsity under your belt and you, you expect all this evolution to take place uh, within a player just in that, just from that one year to the next. But really 
you know, a lot of times some sophomores still haven't quite shed all of their their mm-hmm. old habits from when they were in ninth grade. You know what I mean? How was how was the sophomore experience? Man, How'd you come? I was I was I was pretty prepared, man. I'd say I was prepared just because I had already I had played a lot of minutes on varsity my freshman year. So my sophomore year, I kind of broke out, man. I kind of started finding myself. I kind of started playing within myself. I started developing my perimeter game. That's when my I started really, you know, getting my handle right. I started being able to shoot the mid-range a little bit. I was more than just athletic. You know what I'm saying? I, my game started developing my sophomore year. I started to be athletic, starting to try to dunk on people, all of that type of stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Look at it. so you had you had more. Experience. You adding some skills to go with it. Okay, okay. Now what, yeah, what we of, actually what been, um, y'all able to make a my run? sophomore year. We made it to the semis of state. So we made some. We had a special team, man. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Bro. Who beat good us? Who, who um, ended up knocking y'all off? You remember? Douglas actually, Ricky Hill, Douglas, and Coach Long out there in Oklahoma City. Mate. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, Those guys those tough, names man. Right <laughs> those yeah. names right there. Those names right there. So, yeah, they knocked us off my sophomore year. No doubt about it. But, you know, that that's the And you know what? That's good. And, and you know, thinking about the demographic of, of, uh, of Oklahoma City Douglas compared to what I know of Victory Christian to be, you know, those are those are two teams that, based on those descriptions, probably shouldn't even be on the same quarter. But, you know, I guess that's when we, we talked about your sophomore season in high school, um, spring or something. Now, I think players individually are made from the months of March all the way to August. So um, what type of work were you putting in during those off seasons? And Man, you want to know what's crazy. School the year? crazy thing is I never really – we never really went to the gym to do drills and stuff. Like we never really, we always we were now we was always in the gym. We was always in the gym every day, six to ten hours a day, just getting right. at it, one on one, playing thirty three, five on five, two on two, whatever we could do. But we never really, we never did skill work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We never worked on ball handling. So we, but we was always in there. Man, okay, you know, and, and, uh, the the competitive aspect is definitely something, definitely something that that's important. But did... did you say in your estimation that you guys um were able to grow from that? Oh, absolutely, man, I, absolutely. Just because I feel like all in one on one sessions that we used to have and 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 playing thirty three when you're trying to score on four and five people, man, I think that, that kind of helped my game more than just going out doing bar handling drills on a cone or shooting from spot to spot. Cause you, we actually learn, you know, learn how to play. We actually learn how to compete. We learn how to, you know what I'm saying? We, we learn how to just, just play the game. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, those days is the reason why I, I'm a pretty good one-on-one player these days. You know what I'm saying? Just instinct. And that, I think that's one of the, that's one of the like that's one of the things that's really overlooked in basketball nowadays, man. The kids not really playing that type of stuff anymore. So they're not developing any instinct. They're not developing timing on things. They're not developing like offensive stuff like just craftiness. 
You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you know, in 33 games, you got to be crafty, man, to score on five mm-hmm. people. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Even though it may just be one defender that goes out there to, to guard you on, on, on off the bounce, but as soon as you get by yeah, him, like man. you said, so, you got a yeah, whole just, army of cats. Like I said, the, com- the, the competitive part of it is just <laughs> instinct, man. Oh man, and, and you know another thing that that, that you kind of uh, opened the door to make me think about is is uh, some mentorship from peers. Now, and I know you, I know you nowadays for sure. Um, you know, I know some of the people that that you sort of link to, and, and uh, you know, may, may may put a call out to to get a word of advice here and there, or you know, and, and things of that sort. What, did you have anybody that you sort of looked up to, or that you um, would, would try to link up with, other than your father? That 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 may have been a little man. Not really during those days. Not really in my high school days. Once I st- once I got to junior college, that's when I that's when I that's when I met Ebby, mm-hmm. and Ebby was in Ebby the Rock, man. He was in his prime, and he was man. I I say this to this day. He he the best player I ever. He's the best overall player I've ever played against, and I didn't play against some guys, but he's the best overall player I've I've actually matched up went toe to toe with. So I I would say he. He was a mentor. Um, obviously, Will Creekmore, one of your good friends. You know, Big Will, uh, Caleb Green, yeah, all of those yeah, guys, yeah, man. man. All yeah. those pros oh, yeah. that came up right before me. I really looked up to those guys, man. Man, that, that, that that's some big. Those are some big time names right there, and those are guys who who um, I can definitely see some traits of their game in yours. You know, not to say that you particularly tried to take some of what they had, but, you know, being being a, a taller guy, um, but transitioning your game to being a perimeter threat, but still having the skill set to play back to the basket. Now, how did those r- relationships formulate? Like, did was it just something that just sort of happened organically? Well, y'all I tell this story all the time. Out? And the first time what I met Ebb, he was actually – he had, he was fresh from overseas – we was playing. We used to. They used to. Josh Berry used to open up the gym at Rogers and play. Right. Uh, you, you you remember those days? Yeah, he used to open up the gym. No doubt. And so one day, guy. this bald head dude Man. was coming to the gym, running his mouth and talking this and talking that, but he, it just being loud, just being heavy. And so I'm I'm looking at right. him like man. I'm thinking me. I'm thinking man. I'm 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 the man around here, man. I'm you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm the I'm the I'm supposed to be this, supposed to be that around here. Who is this dude coming here talking like this? Man. Yeah, he just, you know, he 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 being loud, man. Talking real reckless, too. So, <laughs> so we, man, we we ended up matching up. Yeah, that's it. I think I, I, man, we matched up together. We matched up. I hit him with a spin move and laid it up. And I just got to just talking, man. I just started talking crazy to him. Man, I, man, that man, <laughs> that man scored 15 <laughs> in a row on me, man. And he, and he was doing the type of stuff I'd never seen before, like pull all type oh, of pull-ups, all type yeah. of step backs. I'm like, man, I've never seen any of these type of moves before. Kobe fades, Jordan fades, taper fades, ball fades, whatever you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my – yeah, that was you my first encounter with Ebby. Now, now, look, in the pickup game, for, for those of y'all out there listening, man, for those of y'all out there listening, when he say 15 points, he ain't talking about 15 game points. We're talking about 15, yeah, 15 individual, individual buckets. Individual buckets. So we're that, talking about probably goes, like man. 40 or 50 in a real game. 
Golly, man. What, what what did that do to your psyche, man? I mean, there, what, was it something that, that made you bow down or did that make you be like, man, oh, after I, that, I to, immediately following that yet. session, he was walking out of the gym. I actually ran him down. You can ask him to this day. You can ask him. I ran him down and said, man, first of all, what is your name? He told me. I said, man, I don't know. I don't know who you are, but you the person I need to be working <laughs> out with. I need to work out with you. And that. And from that day on, man, he kind of just took me up under his wing, man. And and we've been cool ever since. Man, I do. First of all, that's funny as hell. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful story on both sides because, you know, a lot of times, you know, with people who, who learn the game however they learned it, they don't necessarily game up. You know? They want to give it back all. Uh, me knowing Ebby, not as much as you do, but I do know him well enough to know that, you know, if he's in a position to help somebody, um, especially if they seem to be hungry and they want that help, he's definitely, you know, going to oh, do what yeah. he can do to give it to them. But also, I got got to salute you for having an ego, yeah, but not man, too I, much of it to where you couldn't. Yeah, you know, I, never, I had never game. seen nothing you like know, that like before. Man, I had, I had, and I had, I had to say, hey, man, how what, can what, I get like Can I learn this? from you? And I think, that, I think that's a big deal. <laughs> For the rest of the summer, man, and, and for the rest of all the way until this summer. <laughs> so, so I'm guessing y'all putting in work for the rest of that summer, right? That's what I'm talking about. Well, man, That's I, I, I knew about. Caleb because when I was in high school, with, with Caleb Green, I used Will to Creek go to uh, ORU all you know, the time get, and play pickup with them. With those. So, and that's when he was there. So I, I knew the secret society. Yeah. <laughs> They not letting nobody hoop with him, man. Right. So the, the I, used to, I used to do that. And then Will was <laughs> they my ain't boy. Anybody Ma- was Mark Relish's best friend. And I played AU with Mark. So and he, I, me and Mark was real tight. And so they played at Edison together. So I automatically got cool with Will. And then after, and after I want to say, when it was time for me to sign an agent, I signed with uh, Will's guys. But that, yeah, that's, that was on down the line. So, and... yeah, 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 and we we de- we definitely gonna get to that point. But um, okay, take me past your senior year in high school. Man, high school. let me it's think. I had I was getting what I was getting quite a bit of mail on your plate from some people. I was getting Florida Atlantic. I had some stuff from Evansville, Missouri State. The crazy thing is, I don't think I I never had anything from TU or ORU, any of the Oklahoma schools. I was getting, I started getting a little bit some, a little bit of something from OU, but being young and dumb, I didn't, I wasn't returning the coach's phone calls and all of this type of stuff. I don't know who I thought I was, but yeah, I don't know who I thought I was, man. But I had, I had some, I had, a, I had some mid majors, a lot of mid. Yeah, man, I don't know either. God dog, I didn't yeah. know that before. Central okay. Arkansas. <laughs> I feel it. Now, were you a um, – yes, sir, yes, sir. And that, you know, and we definitely get ready to get to that. So, I'm guessing that you took care of your uh, business on the academic, you on the academic tip because you were a qualifier coming right out of high school, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to, I I had you to get were, that You done. were a uh, qualifier coming I out of high school. I went to Central Arkansas out of high school. Division one right out of high school, academic. I was correct? there for a year and a half. 
Okay, so so where'd you end up going? Then, uh, well, I registered my freshman year, and then I was in my registered freshman yes, year. I was I transferred at Christmas because I wasn't getting any playing time, and I felt like I should have been. So I went JUCO, played for Coach Muse at Connor State College out there uh, in Warner. Central Arkansas had a, a whole coaching everything change, and so they brought in Corliss yes, Williamson as the head coach, an NBA guy. I'm sure you're familiar. With, um, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, I mean, Absolutely. So they brought him yeah, in as the head coach. Plan for the king. And so out of junior college, it was a couple, like I, I had mentioned Mark earlier, Mark Rutledge, he, he, had tra- he had transferred from Connor State the previous year to go, to go play for Central Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And then they were recruiting a, a, a couple of other guys on our team from Connors, so I decided to go back to Central Arkansas and play for Corliss after my junior my junior college stint. And I and I had I had some stuff on the table at junior college too, man, coming out. Man, I feel you. I feel you. Now that that's sort of a, a little unorthodox path right there, you know, leaving one spot only only to come back. But you know, um, looking at it in hindsight, do you think that that you that you looked at the situation of redshirting <laughs> yeah. uh, the way you yeah. should have? Because I know Man, me personally, I, I had I had the wrong idea of redshirting. Yeah, like what it really meant redshirt. I you actually decided saying? to redshirt because so I was going into like, practice and I was getting hindsight? all my jumpers blocked. I was I couldn't guard nobody. I was turning that thing over, so I was like, I just went to the coach, like, "Man, look." I got a red shirt, <laughs> and it, it was all on me. Nobody, they didn't, they weren't planning for me to red shirt or anything like that. I just told them, like, man, I need a year to get myself together because I'm way behind. And college was the first time that I was, I was 17 in practice garden, a guy that was 24, and so that's that's when wow. I was, that, you know, that was the first time that, that I had been really exposed to playing against grown men every single day oh, yeah. that really didn't care nothing about me, so. I had to rest shirt. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that that's a big time deal because just, just listening to the way you broke that down, what's interesting to me is, is the uh, is the level of knowledge that you had about the process, even even as a seventeen year old kid, man. Because I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about about red shirt, and I didn't know anything about you know any level of of uh, collegiate athletics below the NCAA Division One, so that was a conscious move that you made. Now, um, a dip, what what also oh, is a different grind that not a lot of people can speak <laughs> oh, to man. Junior college, is man. the grind. Yeah, I always say this: if you get out of college. junior college, you are a how dog. was You're that certified. experience for you? You a dog, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Because <laughs> that's, that's it's true, just like because ain't nobody got you back. It's just like. I can't even explain it. What, what, the one thing I can say is everybody's on the same mission. Everybody's mission is to get to, to get on out of there. You know what I'm saying? So from that aspect, everybody everybody already relate to each other from a certain aspect and not just even uh, basketball players. You've got baseball, the rodeo people. They, everybody trying to, you know what I'm saying, make, make that next jump to a bigger situation. So it's almost like a big family in junior college, man. That's that's the that's the misconception. That's the misconception. It's actually pretty. It's really fun because, it, like I said, it's a family. Oh, yeah. It's a family see, atmosphere, yeah. man. It, it, the 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 relationships I develop in junior college 
I still have to this day. Every single one of them. Mm. That's a man. That that that's a key deal because you know most of most junior colleges, particularly in the state of Oklahoma, they're in some some real small territories where there's not a lot of nightlife. <laughs> there's not a lot of things yeah. for entertainment purposes, at least not you know legal stuff. You see what I'm saying? So, <laughs> are, are there some are there some of the things that you can that you can think about or and that you are able to speak about that uh, that y'all were able to do you know for fun? Just, just kicking man to be honest. The clock, we used to, over, we used to go know, to my one uh, of my homeboys' room. He had like a disco ball. Him, he had he had all of that stuff in his like his little apartment. But for the most part, we I mean yeah we used to kick it there. But for the most part, all the the fun and all of that was in the gym working. Playing ones, grinding, you know what I'm saying? In the gym, just working on it. We used to go, man. Sometimes we used to just go in the gym and just dunk all day, just see who could do the best dunks. That's, I mean, and that's what that's what it comes with when there's, no, there's nothing else to do. You can't do nothing else but be focused. <laughs> Straight up. I like that, man. I I, I like that. Cause that's that that's that's a huge deal, and luckily, well, I ain't gonna say luckily, cause you know you definitely earned everything you got, but you were fortunate enough to to make it out of that situation and, and take the leap, you know, to the level that you wanted to go to, which is where I want to transition next. All right, what was different in your estimation, uh, whether it was a difference that took place within you or a difference in the, in the uh, situation you as a what, whole? What was the difference? Uh, at is what was it? Central Arkansas. Once you went, back. the difference was I actually because I didn't feel like the coach before. Corliss, yeah, 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 yeah. Before yeah. Coach Williamson, I didn't feel like he, the coach there, gave me a, a really a fair chance. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I know it sounds as cliche as it may sound. The coach don't like me this, this and this, but sometimes mm-hmm. it is the best, the best situation for you to transfer. But at right. the same time, you got to understand to 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 go through that adversity. You you might need you might need that. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not all the time. Sometimes you just need to get tough and go ahead and stick it on out. You know what I'm saying, and I and I felt like when I re- by me deciding to red shirt, that was my adversity, mm-hmm. and I I stuck it out, and I was actually performing before I transferred, and he still wasn't giving me a chance. Like, and we was getting we was losing all the time too, so I'm like, man, you don't have anything to lose but to put me on the floor. We losing anyway, you know what I'm saying, and I'm 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 handling my business in practice, so I don't understand why I'm not getting a shot. So I transferred. And that's the biggest thing. I Corliss, they gave me a chance, man, and they really kind of they 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 helped me define my game. They they helped me they helped me realize that mm. I can I can I can really shoot the ball and, I, and and to lock in on it and 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 be that and not just trying to be I don't know just you know what I'm saying but really lock in on on a, I had to play a role at, at Central Arkansas so it helped me. It, like I said, it helped me define my game, right. and it helped me started to hone in on things that I actually needed to work on, and helped me find my strengths too. Yeah, right. It sounds like it sounds like they created an, yeah. an environment. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, the biggest broke. difference was he just he he gave me a shot, man. He 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 let me. He actually gave me an opportunity to play on the D one level.
you know, the, the more the longer you do anything, you get you get better at it. So I gotta I gotta assume that. Did you feel like your kind of state experience that one year make you make you better better suited for opportunity round two? Absolutely, man. It gave me confidence. And and, and I wanna say this too, like as a basketball player or probably any sport for that matter, confidence is everything, man. Abby used to always tell me that. He still tell me that to this day. But, like, you can be the worst player with the most confidence, and you won't even be – you won't seem like the worst player out there. You can be the best player with no confidence and, be, and, and seem like you're the worst player out there. So the, the main thing that Connors really gave me was confidence to go ahead and step in and do, do the things that I was – that God called me to do out here, man, on the basketball court. Man, that, that that's a that's a beautiful thing. So you're you're you said you're a role player uh, when you when you mm-hmm. went back to UCA for for the second round. Were you uh, were you able to find some? Were you able to find a spot in rotation yeah. and, and play? And it was and, that's, and this is when I talk about that adversity, man. It, it, I I was on the bench at first. Actually, I was pretty much on the bench the whole season. I played. I want to say I played 15 minutes, and coming from Connors where I was playing 40, that's a big drop off. And so I was kind of you know. I was that like every player. I was upset about my playing time, and you know what I'm saying. I found a little small rotation in there, but mm-hmm. like I said, I, I had to find a role. I wasn't. I didn't really like that, but and I, you know, after that year, I wanted to transfer. Then I thought to myself, like, man, you just transferred. Like, what you where you gonna go now? Like, you gonna go D two? You can not, and not nothing against D two or NAI or nothing like that. It's all an opportunity. It's all a blessing. But in my situation, I was just like, man, you can keep transferring or you can just go ahead and stick it out and, and, and make something happen and go ahead and get focused and stop blaming the coaches, stop blaming everything else. Look yourself in the mirror, hit that gym, work harder, and see what you're doing, what you can do better. Man. I love that perspective right there, man. Because you know, I definitely went through went through a similar uh, a similar come to Jesus meeting with myself. You know, having to carve out a role and figure out, okay, this may not be what I want to do, but this seems like the only thing that's gonna get me on the mm-hmm. floor and keep me on the floor. So, um, when when you found that role, was it something that was it simply you figuring out how you can help and, and what it is you need to do, or what was it a situation where a coach told you, "Hey, hey, Rob, this is what we need from you," and then you it just took a minute to buy in? Uh, it was, it was. I say it was. It was a mixture of both, man. It was a mixture of both, like because they 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 obviously brought me in from junior college to score, but my junior year I just couldn't find it, man. I I just couldn't find it. And I and I blame that on myself just because of of things that I was getting to off the court wasn't helping me on the court. And and Corliss used to always tell us you can't burn you can't burn both ends of the kettle. Meaning you can't be out here running around off the court doing this, doing that, in the streets, doing this, whatever, kicking it all day, and then getting up five AM practice and, and handling your business on the floor as well. It just don't work like that. And I was trying to do that and it wasn't working for me. So I was, you know, my body wasn't really up to par and I, I just had to spot up shoot. That's the only thing I, that's the only thing I was in, in shape enough to do, which I didn't even know that I had that type of ability, but being in that situation brought it out. So it, like I said, it was a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. He kind of just, I was brought in to do one thing. I wasn't getting it done. So they had the leash on me. Then I had to figure it out. Just had to figure it out. 
man, I, I, hey, that, that's that, that's thinking your way through. You know, noticing the error error of your ways and then redirecting. Now, take me into um into your senior season, man. How, how were things? Did things change as far as your role? Did were you able to take on a bigger role? Were you able to get more men in the job? How'd that work? Oh yeah, my senior year and and my senior year changed everything. One thing about it is I changed my work right. ethic in the summer. I actually this is the this was the first summer I actually started working on my body, like in the weight room, like actually focusing on it. This was the first time I actually started focusing on my ball handling and actually doing drill drill work because, like I said, we came up playing ones in thirty three all day. I never really was in the gym just working on my skill. And so going into my senior season, mm-hmm. I actually started all of that. I, I started working out with Travis Washington, like I said, focusing on my body. Yeah. And, and it changed everything. I changed my mindset. And so I came back my senior year. I started. I went from averaging six points a game to 15, you know what I'm saying, which was on, on that team was pretty good because we had two other yeah. guys averaging 15. So it's not like it was a lot of shots to go around. So I was I was pretty efficient. There you go. And and the hard work just paid off. And I just, like I said, I, I buckled down that summer and got focused. Man, see that that that's a big time. That's a hell of a jump right there. Six to fifteen. I know those minutes jump exponentially. And that hey, that you you thrust yourself in a in a position. Yeah, of yes, leadership, sir. Yes, sir. I, I was imagine. senior leader. All of that, man. All of that. Uh, uh. Okay, so you get to the end of that at, end of that college run. Did you know? the bat the hey i'm not was it was it something that you had to, that you had oh absolutely man like yeah I, like my obviously everybody's dream every kid's dream is to play in the nba you know what i'm saying and i felt like for sure obviously i should I, I felt like i should get a shot in that league and i almost got a shot at portsmouth which is which is like a little um it's like a camp for like the top college guys just because of my shooting, just my just because mm-hmm. of my shooting percentages was was so high, I almost got a shot in that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't end up going. But I had a lot of agents hit me up after my senior year, wanting to you know like overseas and stuff. And I you know and I and I grew up watching Ebby play overseas, so I, I never was like Ebby and Caleb and Will and all them. They played overseas, so I never was like. Man, I'm not going overseas. Like I was like, okay, we, we taking it overseas. We we gonna we gonna be a pro ball overseas. That's what we gonna do. Man, um, did it take a while for 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 things to start lining up for you? Because uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not privy to that whole process. I know you are now. You got you got some years under your belt. How how challenging is it to you know? get an agent in this case you said that they mm-hmm. reached out to you which is something i hadn't heard of before like and then and then once you get an agent you know uh what, what's the next step how how difficult is it for them to actually find work man it's you? just I, how can i say it man it is it's obviously tough and it's and it's it's a lot different than what people think people think it's just one thing about overseas basketball people think it's just man you just go over here you make all this money you play overseas and it don't work like that you know what i'm saying like you got the agents reached out to me just because of my my co- my college numbers, you, you know what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. sometimes in certain situations, guys might have to create their own, you know what I'm saying, create their own opportunity and get their own film and reach out to agents on on their own. And so, so for me, mm-hmm. I just had to 
I did that, but it took a while even after that for me to just get my pro career started and just get some momentum behind me. I was in a lot of man. The story is crazy. I was I was in a lot of situations. <laughs> working fact doing factory work, cleaning yeah. cars. This is after this is after this is after my first my first pro gig. I got fired from that. Um ended up mm-hmm. ended up what happened after that? I signed in Hungary. Hold on. Where 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 was it? Where where was your first gig? Where my first pro gig was in Hungary, Eastern Europe. So I got hey, so I just yes, p- political stuff, and this is what I tell guys all the time: like just because you get cut, don't mean you you're not good, or don't mean you're not what whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just business. Like I got cut. I was averaging 18, 19 points a game throughout the preseason, and I got and I ended up getting cut, and it was just they felt like they wanted to move a different direction, and and I, and I just had to had to go with it. So after that, which ended up being a blessing because I ended up being drafted in the D League for the Tulsa 66ers which they the Oklahoma City Blue now, and it's the G League now. But a few years back, it was the D League, and it was the Tulsa 66ers. I ended up going with them. Then played with them a couple months, and ended up getting cut from that situation. That's whenever life hit me. Like, man, I don't have any income. I thought I was going overseas. I'm about to make $100,000 and be straight for the rest of my life. No. I, had to, I didn't have no money. I didn't have no income. I, didn't, I, I, was, I wasn't in school anymore. So I had to, I had to, man, I had to get it how I live. I had to get a job. I had to keep grinding it out, man. Now, what what year was all of this taking place? This was 2014. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was 2014 when all back. this was going on. 2014, 2015. Okay, okay. Now, when when you you said life hit you after the Tulsa sixty sixers experience fell through, um, where where were you living at the time, man? I mean, I, I know I know I'm getting in your business, but like, yeah, where where you had to be laying your head? No, nah, man, it's cool, man. People need point? to hear it, man. People need to hear that they're not the only ones in the situations that they be in, man. Because I know I needed to hear it back then, but I was actually I was in I was in my in my mama's house, man, in Broken Arrow, just trying to find. I mean, I was still work. I was still in the gym every day, but obviously, I had to put some money in my pocket and and do some things to help out around the house. So I had to, I had to double up, man. I had to. I was going to the gym four, five o'clock in the morning, going to work at eight, getting off at five, going back to the gym, and and grinding it out to about seven thirty, eight, nine o'clock, and restart the day. Yeah, man. That's I mean, man. and that's that's what I was doing for about I, I want to say about a year, year and a half. Did worked at the car wash, forty first and Yale, right over there. The uh, detailing from Primo Kia. I think they I think they changed the name over there to something else. It's something it's still Kia, but it's something else. Factory work, man. All type of odd jobs, just trying to just trying to stay afloat, man. Chinese bread in you. Yeah, man. Now I know during all of 
this during this time, your, your little brother Chris was was in high school and he was coming into his own. Mm-hmm. Um, were, were you able to be uh, hands on with him and, and, and at his disposal for whatever advice and mentorship that he made? Man, it's you crazy that, that you asked that because, man, that's actually crazy you asked me that because during that, like you said, during that time, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was obviously at home. I couldn't get it, my, I couldn't find any gigs overseas, but I was able to be there with him while he was going through, I think he was, he was a junior, sophomore or junior. Yeah. At this time. So he was just, he, he was, he was, he was growing into being a killer. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to be able to be out there. Mm-hmm. I was actually just staying in shape. Like on days when I didn't have to work, I was going over there to their practices, being with the guys. And that kind of just, you know, I started feeling like, man, I wish it was, I wish it was somebody there for me when I was in high school, to do this for me, you know what I'm saying? Because Abby and all of them, they didn't show up until later on. But I, in high school, if I would have had that, it would have been crazy. So it kind of led me to my other passions, man, which I which I didn't got into now, like training kids, uh, making guys highlight tapes. That time in my life, that that hard time in my life, right there, led led to my my second passion that I do now. Besides that, my off the court stuff. Man, that's anywhere pretty much in the world. You know, folks, uh, guys and girls who want to be athletes, it's hard for ball bouncing. But we all know at some point, you know, it, our bodies is going to tell us whenever it's time to, to transition to something else. And a lot of people just haven't figured out what that something else is going to be. And so I've been kind of watching your work from a distance with the highlight tapes and the and the, you know the personal training and all of that good stuff, and yes, I got to appreciate you on that because that's, that's giving that. the game back, like we talked about earlier. No doubt, no doubt. Now, when were you able to get your next big break? All right, you, you had you had some some life experiences smack you upside the mm-hmm. head. You had to you know you know get it out the mud, as they say. So okay, while. so how long was it before that next after big break? The sixty sixers gig that was I, that that ended in what November December. I went four months with no job. I ended up going to Spain, and but that was only for like a month. So I got, I went to Spain, picked up some film. So and I and I picked up some pretty good film. I I went out to Spain. I averaged eighteen, eleven, and like five or something. And I was, and this was fourth league. Th- yeah, this was fourth league Spain. So it was a, it was a cool solid. little. It was a, it was a decent situation. But after Spain, and this is why I want to you know, kind of start helping the young guys coming up too. I didn't handle my agent situation the right way. I ended up, I, it was just a lot going on with my agent. I was trying to be loyal and, and I didn't realize, I didn't realize the business of it. I didn't realize, man, these people making money, these people working for me, I'm trying to be loyal to them. So it's just, I just didn't realize the business. And so I ended up after Spain, I didn't have a job for a whole year. And so this was, so this was 2014 going into 2015. And that's when, like, I'm, I'm saying, man, I'm trying to everything right. I can. I'm sending emails. I still got the emails, man. I, I got, I'm sending hundreds of emails to teams, clubs, agents, anybody just, just waiting and waiting and waiting just to, just to try to get, try to get back on. And like you said, the whole time I'm helping my brother, but at this, at the end of the day, I'm still feeling like, man, I, I can hoop, man. I can hoop. I remember this one day. This was probably March. I had been trying. This is so from from that summer. 
the whole summer uh, on into the season, all all the way up until March, I didn't have a job. And I and I just remember, man, just one day I was just telling God, like, man, and I can't keep working these these long these long shifts, man, these long hours. And then going to the gym, I said, God, man, this is tough. I'm not supposed to be cleaning cars, man. I'm a ball player. Like, if you want me to still hoop, because at this time I got my degree, I can easily, you know, go into something else and start making some real money. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to keep trying to wait on. I don't need basketball, right. so I really wanted it, absolutely. So, but you really wanted it though. I just told God, like, man, I, if you want me to keep playing ball, man, you got to give me a sign. Otherwise, tomorrow I'm hanging it up. I'm going to the bank somewhere. I'm about to get a real job, and I'm about to get some real money. I'm about to get out of Mama's house. All of that. So, man, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. Thirty minutes later, this agent hit me up like, "Yo, Rob." Uh, what's your situation now? Um, I remember you from when you played in Hungary. You was out here killing. I don't know how you got cut. This, this, and this. I want just reach out to you and see what what you got going on agent wise, and we're gonna see what we can do and try to get you a job for next year. And so I was like, okay, okay, God, God ain't ready for me to stop yet. And so, man, I kept like on, I was on this this one website where you turn all your film in and they like, they send it out to, it's like a recruiting website. I had signed up for that little pro recruiting website thing. And so I was hitting people on that all during the year. Mm-hmm. And just this particular time, man, I had that agent hit me up, but I hadn't heard anything from him in about two weeks. So two weeks later, man, I sent my resume to somebody else, this other agent, he got back with me and told and then and three days later I was in Mexico. Playing for the biggest check I have ever I had ever made in my life, man. Wow. And man, that was the sign at, I needed. Look man. at that, dog. That that was the and sign. It, you and needed, since then, man. it hasn't. It ain't slowed down. It's just been continuously picking up momentum. I learned the business, learned the agents, learned how it go, and we just been steamrolling since then, man. That's a beautiful thing. I think one of the most important parts of that whole breakdown you just gave oh, yeah. is the fact that you oh, got yeah. your degree. You know what I mean? You 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 didn't get okay. Now bring us to the press. You're still playing. You're out of the country. Right now, I'm in England, United Kingdom, in a city called Worcester. Okay, okay, okay. How how long you been there thus far? Man, so far, what's this, November? I've been here since the end of the middle of September, so a couple months. Okay, okay. Now, now it, it, it's one twenty p.m. right here where we at, man. What time is it? Man, right now, it's 7.20, man. They out here popping firecrackers for, for whatever reason. I don't know what they got going on out here, man. <laughs> oh man, that, that that that's really what I want to get into now because we talked a lot about about the on the court, uh, the grind, what you got to do to get your body right and stay in shape and all those good things. And not to make light of them, but I think another big component, um, whenever I hear from people who, like you're in, um, is is adapting to a different culture, a different lifestyle. Man, how how is it for you? Well, how, how has it been in every stint 
you know, that you've been able to go and spend some time overseas, including this one? Uh, man, I I love it, but yeah, I love it. Like I love the 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 to get out and meet new people, and like I I, I don't come, like a lot of Americans come over here and just stay in the house all day and just be playing PlayStation or whatever. I actually get out. I be having a whole nother life with people that have nothing to do with basketball. I always meet somebody and and be doing stuff all, you know what I'm saying, all away from the game. So I, I get out here and, and I meet people and I, I love it. That's a beautiful thing, bro. And just, just to not be scared at all, man, because we all people when oh, it's yeah. all over with, right? Man, one thing I do when I first get to these now, countries – oh, go ahead. No, I, I was I was gonna ask—is there a language barrier that that you, that you had to get through or to get over? But I feel like you was about to. Go uh, back. You said a language language barrier. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, sir. yeah, yeah. I was. That's exactly where I was headed. I was about to say, man. Majority sometimes, man. When I get to these countries, I just I just go walking, man. I, sometimes I can't read the street signs. I can't read what's on the side of the buildings. I can't read nothing. My phone don't work sometimes. I just go walking. Just whoever I meet, I meet them. If and and if I get lost, I get lost. I find my way back, but that just helped me like get over being over here alone and just you know what I'm saying. It helped me just be comfortable. Just like man, whatever happened gonna happen. Like let's let's go. Let's see what let's see what God got out here for me. Man, see that that's a beautiful. let you get back to it but um you in the highlight film because you've been doing a hell of a job with, with those is that something that you've always sort of had a passion for man or, well you know, how'd you how'd you get in yeah you say how i get into making the highlight tapes okay so yes sir man my senior year like i told you i had all these agents hit me up asking me for my stats and they were asking me for a highlight tape right. but at the time i'm like a highlight tape I don't know. I never had a highlight tape before. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to get y'all this. I don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we came up right before the YouTube era. Right, right before. <laughs> right, before right before YouTube yeah, really right. got, got, got big, we came up. So I never had a highlight tape. I never had nothing like this. So they asking me for it. I'm like, man, I don't know. Man, I don't know what, you know, what I'm going to do. And my coaches, they really didn't have no idea. I'm asking them. Yeah, who so I I know I had all the games on a DVD at the time, so I'm like, man, I don't I need to I know that I I always been kind of computer smart, you know what I'm saying? I always kind of just knew what I was doing with like just computers and electronics in general. So I was like, man, if I can figure out a way to turn these uh, DVDs into files, MP4 files, and put them on my computer somehow. I can make me a highlight tape, and I and I, and I just one day I just clicked on iMovie, man, on on my MacBook that I had, and I just I figured it out, man. I was like, man, I need it. I don't know, I gotta make it. So I just I just I just made it. Just made a highlight tape, man. And from there, oh dog. yeah, and then from there I made I made a couple for my little brother, and then I started to see like, man, people really don't have people really don't have anybody making highlight tapes. Like people really, you know, people really need help in this, in this area. Like, so I just was like, man, mm -hmm. 
if you can call, you could probably call one of the big companies and make your highlight tape for four five hundred dollars. But I was like, man, I'll be the plug. I'll make I'll, I'll make it for a lot cheaper than that. You know what I'm saying? So I just started doing it, man. I just started making people highlight tapes. Quite same. Attracted to it now. Do you even have to go out and? I mean, not go. Have to reach out to anybody at this point, or are they all just hitting you saying, "Hey, yo, Rob, man, I've been seeing man, what you're it's, doing with it's tape. Kind of a little bit one. of both. How can I get the one? people that I have so far, the people I've done tapes for so far, I've reached out to some people. Okay, and people have reached out to me, but I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to market it, and I'm, I'm, I'm turning it. I'm, it's in the process of turning it into a legitimate business. You know what I'm saying? Like just the whole. Just everything being legitimate, everything being professional on the back end of things like the in the background. The look is obviously <clears throat> professional right now, but we we I'm trying to turn it totally professional, like even to the point where man, if I if I need to start hiring people to do some things, we could do that. There you go. Yeah, I like that vision, man. That, that, that's just another that's another example of how you know, how folks in sports can contribute to sports in more ways than just one. You know, you don't have, don't necessarily have to be a coach. You know, you can be, you can be an official or you could be somebody that who, who trains people and works them out like you do or somebody who makes highlight tapes and stuff like that for most people. So I think that's, I think that's a, a great deal. Yes, so here's the last thing I'm going to ask from you. I, I need you to do some name dropping for us, man. I need you to do some name dropping. Some of the, some of the most notable uh, student athletes, that, that you've been able to to make some highlight tapes for, whether they be in our state of Oklahoma or if they're anywhere throughout the country or even throughout the world, since I know you over there traveling like um, that. Well, man, that's a good question. I really haven't made any for student athletes so far. I've made, I made a couple for I – I got some from Tim Smallwood when he was going from college to, to, being, to transition to being a pro. I got – I got a girl by the name of Jim Summer. She's at Victory Christian. For sure, yeah. Made her one last year. Uh, I got another guy by the name of DeAndre Petrie. He is he's from North Carolina. He's in prep school now. Made him one from high school. He like I say, he's in prep school. But majority majority of the tapes I made from they pro tapes, man. Pros reaching out to me needing to tape, and they actually getting jobs off the highlight tapes that I've been making them. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you yeah. Like it's been something because I didn't, like I didn't know about that. High school, college, but the 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 most tapes I've made so far are professionals. Oh, and there's a uh, Jose Bustos. He he's a AAU coach of the Lady Running Braves. I've I've done a few highlight tapes for a couple of his girls from uh, they them country towns like Henrietta, Oak Muggy, places like that. There you go. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, you de- you definitely sowing your oats out here, bro, and uh, I'm definitely definitely proud of the, of the grind and how you hung in there and you know always stayed humble and, and and we always it's nothing to see you in the town. You ain't never here for too long, so that lets us know you're still on business. But whenever you get a break in action, you know it's always good to see you coming back around and you know just being being one of the guys. Yes, sir, man. man. Appreciate so it, man. It was great to connect with you, my brother. And you know, I, mean, I definitely wish you. Yeah, I wish absolutely, you absolutely. Success man. out there. We, I appreciate you giving me touch. this platform to be able to come on here and talk, man. I, 
It's a blessing, man. Oh, no doubt about it. And we definitely gonna link up, link up in the future, man. And for those of y'all who took time to listen in the moment, you know, it's Rob Crawford right here and uh this is